Welcome to episode 102. Today's guest is one of my good friends and a high school basketball reporter that covers the state of Georgia. Kyle Sandy, thank you for joining me on the show. How are you doing today? Luke, it is, uh, it's a real pleasure to be on. With you. I, 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 I followed your work since you were a wee young lad at St. Pius, and now you're, you're building this, uh, this huge conglomerate with this podcast and everything. So, uh, you know, I'm doing okay right now with all the circumstances, but, uh, you know, more importantly, I'm just so glad to be on here with you. Well, thank you, Kyle. And in terms of overall, your following and your website and the page views that you've gotten, was there any one point where it, you did something and it became a big hit and it kind of lit up or was it just kind of steady growth over time? Well, you know, it's funny you ask that because I do feel like there might be maybe two, maybe two stories that kind of jump started it, and it was in my in the infancy of the website. I want to say maybe within the first year or so. Um, one of the big ones was a story about a transfer, and I know I can't say the T word transfer. That's a that's a <laughs> hot button topic, and I, yep. I don't even like mentioning it anymore. Um, but this is probably before. You know, I was just a young, naive kid. You know, it's a story. I'm going to break it. I'm, I'm loud. I'm getting out there. And I try to simmer down. And I try not to go back and forth on Twitter and stick my nose into, into stuff where I know there's not going to be a great result. But <laughs> I, I, I did do a story um, about a, a player transferring from Fayette County to McIntosh. And that was Isaac Kellum. And this is, I'm looking at it right now, November 19th, 2000. 15 so so about five years ago now but this was a kid that trenched from Fayette County went over to uh, McIntosh um I don't know all the specifics it's all in the it's all online right now but things weren't going well at Fayette County didn't feel welcome I felt like the school was kind of going downhill so ended up transferring to McIntosh well he was ruled ineligible and if anybody knows anything about the GHSA and everything yeah uh, you know some some players are magically allowed to play while other players are not allowed to play. And I know there's, I'm sure they have good quote unquote, good reasons behind all that. And that's a, that's a podcast for another time. That's something I am not diving into because I'm not flipping over all those, yep. all those stones. Um, but anyway, I was just gung ho about this kid needs a, a good result. This kid needs to be clear. And the Macintosh community got behind it and they started blowing it up and they were trying to get it on the news and they were tagging everybody and it was starting to pick up some steam. And then Jermaine Dupree, very random rapper. He's about, I don't know, five foot three. Welcome matter, to Atlanta. Yes, exactly. He's a rapper. He's a rapper. So I had rapper beef for a second because somehow he, he had a, a website and he took the story, but like, said it was his story or something it, it was so crazy it's so long ago it makes no sense but at the end of the day he was trying to do it to get it out there more to get more exposure so at one point i was like i got rapper beef with jermaine dupree he's stealing my story <laughs> but i i never got to meet him but i heard everything was all cool but that that was one of the biggest stories that you know ruffling feathers like hey look at this this rebel that's probably where i got this this uh you know this notion of sometimes being viewed as a real muckraker. I really stir things up. I used to, but I, I try not to, I promise anymore. But, you know, I was gung-ho. I was really loud and tried to get things changed. So that was one of the biggest ones. And then, I don't know if it was later that year or a year later, uh, the Bacon Centerplex debacle with oh. the baskets being placed 
uh, incorrectly and the cracks in the floor and half the lights not being turned on and the dirty diapers uh, <laughs> under the seats and the, the, the team buses being charged to park. So oh, all man. that hoopla. And, you know, I was I was there making, I was getting good skip from the teams participating. So I wrote a scathing review on that. And uh, I'm sure, you know, I wasn't the only one that did, but I, I feel like I was you know, I was holding that flag and I was leading the march and other people got behind me. And then, you know, the next year we did get the, the state championships move for yep. uh, about two years. You know, we were in Athens and Georgia Tech and then Georgia Tech and Macon. Uh, so those, I would say those are those are the two biggest stories that I broke or I wrote about. Uh, I would say those two dating back to about 2015, 2016 or so. Wow. Okay. And for those who may not know what the centerplex the baskets were placed a foot behind the baseline so they were a foot longer than they should have been and that obviously wasn't caught and when it was caught it was too late so that was quite a debacle well now i'd like to move into our rapid fire section first off when you played i know georgia's had a lot of talent go around who's the best guy that you ever had to play against oh good question um this was in travel ball once, I guess, as far as people I, I knew. And again, dating back to the Stone Age, social media wasn't all that big. So I, I might not have known I was playing against a future NBA player at the time. But uh, I would guess Jeremy Lamb. I played against him once in the travel ball tournament, and he's currently in the NBA. So I'll go with Jeremy Lamb. Awesome. Now, covering Georgia high school basketball in your media career, what event sticks out most to you as your favorite, the most enjoyable for you as a person, as a fan? Oh, boy. I, I guess the simple answer, uh, and to cater to you as well, Georgia Tech, Upson Lee versus St. Pius, especially hey. the first matchup. <laughs> uh, that was just the atmosphere. You, you can't top it. You know, whether your team won or lost, it was a great day for Georgia high school basketball. Next up, who's the best player that you've covered in Georgia? Oh, gosh. I mean, obviously people say Wendell Carter was really good and Jared Harper was good. And there's tons of great players. Chumo Kiki. But I'm going to give you one that might surprise you. But I'm going with um, Landers Nolly, who's at Virginia Tech, just requested to transfer out. But Landers Nolly, he he never got the credit he was due. He was an All-American. He got snubbed, um, was you know just the most prolific, unstoppable scorer. I mean, when you were at Class 6A, you know, back-to-back state champion at Langston Hughes, six-seven wing that would hit eight threes in a game, ten threes in a game. Uh, if he wanted to get 35 points, he would get you 35 points. So I'm going with Landers Nolly because he was unstoppable. Well, now transferring out of Virginia Tech, is he a guy, he being Landers Nolly, a guy that we all need to be watching out for at the collegiate level here in this next year? Yeah, I, I definitely would say so. I know he had a really good season at Virginia Tech, and um, yeah, I, I, I don't think he averaged over 15 points per game or close to it in his, his first year. I know last year he was ineligible with all this whatever was going on with test taking, uh, but he, he's really good. Now, the one knock on him was that he wasn't a freak athlete. Everybody loves freak athletes doing 360 slams and just you know crazy stuff. He was a fine athlete. He wasn't a freakish athlete, but his ability to score the ball and shoot the ball and how big he is – uh, very talented, and I would not be surprised to see if, in another year or two, if he was on some draft boards heading into the NBA. I like that pick. I got to watch him play in his senior year, I believe, right after he committed. 
And that was really something in terms of watching other teams trying to shut him down. He's that type of all-around player, I think. Now, who would you say is the best team that you've covered in Georgia? I know there's been several teams where you've had all five players in the lineup going D1 or D2. Georgia has had some stacked teams, and partially due to that T word with transfers, but sometimes they've been homegrown. Who's the best team that you've seen? The best team that I saw, it it just has to be Ups and Lee. They were, they were magical when they won what, over 70 straight games at one point? Right. Which Trayvon Walker, who's a monster in football, 6'6", probably 300 pounds now, defensive end at, at UGA. Ty Fagan, who's seen some time at UGA. Um, Zyrie Scott was a good guard. And, again, most of those guys, about 95% of them, uh, were all homegrown. And when you had that chemistry from playing – like, like I did back at Dean Rusk Middle School and went into Sequoia, and we were nowhere near the team Ups and Lee was. But when you have that chemistry where you know where your brothers are going to be on the floor at all times, that's just something a team that has five or six guys transfer in over the course of a year or two. They just they don't have, and they can't have because it's impossible. Because you had, you know, what's 365 days times four or five or six, you know, those guys just don't have it. And you can't coach, you can't teach chemistry. It's just a bond that you have to build over years and years and years of playing together. And that's what made Ups and Lee such a special team. Well, now I want to look forward a little bit. Who's the top guy in the Georgia class of 21? Or who are some guys that we need to be watching out for on a national scale? I would think Jabari Smith from Sandy Creek, uh, He's a real deal. He spent some time with Team USA in the offseason. I know I turned some heads and ruffled some feathers like I always do, but I went with him as being my uh, Class 4A Player of the Year over Walker Kessler, an All-American. And Walker Kessler is great. Don't get me wrong, but I just think Jabari Smith is just as good, if not even better. You know, you look at the stats across the board, he averaged about 24 points, 10 rebounds, shot about 40% from three hit over 73s on the season from a 6-9 combo forward. You know, he, he, he does it all. He's a fantastic player. And I think when you're talking class of 2021, it all starts in South with Jabari Smith right now. Well, now a real question to throw at you. Class of 2023, the kids who just finished up their freshman year, is there anyone that you see early on that you think we should be keeping an eye on? Uh, you know, Kanan Carlisle over there at Milton, he's got a bunch of SEC offers before he even played a game last year. And, you know, he had a, a solid freshman season. I think he averaged maybe 10 or 12 points per game. Um, so he's, he's a big name everybody knows about already. Um, Isaiah Collier, who broke his shoulder for Wheeler midway through the season, he was having a really, really good season as well. Um, but a guy that people do know about but maybe is a bit of a sleeper because he's not in Metro Atlanta is Taj Johnson over there at Hart County. A six foot seven wing, really athletic, can shoot the three ball, plays above the rim. Um, just an overall really skilled basketball player. He ended up averaging probably about 13 points, five rebounds, and two blocks a game at Hart County. Uh, he's a really good one. Keep an eye on him for the next couple seasons. Well, another couple of freshmen that I want to ask you about. Green Forest had two seven-foot freshmen come in this past year. One of them, Guy Chall, I believe is how you say his name. And, gosh, those two guys are likely to be a force at that center position, right? Have you gotten to watch them yet? Uh, you know, only sparingly 
uh, you know, here and there on the travel ball circuit. But the whole thing is, it, it, it's great to be seven foot, but it's not great when you can't play and you can't get on the court because they're both ineligible this year. So they they got to get that all figured out. You know, Green Force again, another podcast. But you know, <laughs> there's not many high schools across the nation that get seven footers to transfer in every single year. Um, from out of the country, so I don't know what's going on over there. But yes, I've heard good things about them. But um, you know, it just sucks. It's a wasted year for the kid not being able to play. Uh, it, it really hurts their development. I feel like so. You know, it remains to be seen if they'll be able to get cleared to play. I would imagine they're they're good to go next year. But uh, you know, Green Force has had seven footers every single year, and it, it just feels like they keep funneling them in. So. You don't even find NBA teams that are going seven foot, seven foot, six ten, six six. So it, it, it's, <laughs> it's it's just nuts. So yeah, I, I want to say uh, some of those guys played. I want to say like it was like the first four games of the season, and then they didn't play anymore, and they had to forfeit some games. So I don't know if those some of those guys were playing when they weren't supposed to be playing, but it coincided with they had to forfeit about four games, and those guys only played about four games. So. I have to ask, who are some of your early season teams to watch where casual fans, whether they live in Georgia and can watch the team or fans that maybe have access to things like the NFHS network where they can watch online, who should people be trying to tune into for 2020 and 2021? Yeah, and uh, before I give you an answer, isn't it crazy to think, um, you know, really, to be honest with you, state championships nowadays, sometimes they're won and lost in the summer months. And that, I'm not saying about working hard and conditioning. I'm talking about transfers, baby. People <laughs> coming and going, shaking things up. You could be a seven-win team one year and win 30 games the next year. So it is insane to say that state championships are now really won and lost in the off season. Uh, but again, uh, to kind of give you an answer, uh, Milton, Milton has a lot of young talent. Bruce Thornton, he is a, he's a monster. He was a sophomore this year. I think he's phenomenal. Uh, best point guard in his class right there with Scoot Henderson. Those two guys are really good, but uh, Bruce Lauren, I think he's great. We mentioned Kanan Carlisle, who's a freshman. He's only going to get better as well. Uh, Devin Farrell's over there, so that's a really good backcourt, really young, and uh, they got some more help on the way getting uh, getting better coming up through the pipeline. So Milton's really a team to uh, to look at off the top of my head. I know there's going to be some other teams that will be strong. I know Kel will be good if Kel has their transfers eligible. Joyful Hawkins, if he's eligible, that's a six foot eight, uh, Big-time player right there to go with Scoot Henderson. That's going to be a, a, a ferocious, dynamic duo right there. So I'm looking at those two schools as far as teams that will be really good. And then Pace Academy as well with Matt Cleveland, uh, with Cole Middleton, Madison Durr. Uh, that is a heck of a, a trio right there, all those guys heading into their senior season next year. Well, awesome. Kyle, that's all the questions I had for you. Thank you so much for your time. Luke, I really appreciate it, sir. It's always great talking high school hoops with you.